Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by a writer for the Athletic Calgary. You can follow him on Twitter at jcamkinsey. He is Julian McKenzie joining us here on the show. Julian had a great piece over at the Athletic the other day talking about why teams have gone to a zone defense and what it means for offenses around the league. We'll get to that here in just a moment. But Julian, where I want to begin with you today, you live in Calgary. Like, you actually chose to do that, man? It says it feels like seven degrees up there right now. <laughs> what is that like? Um, first off, thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, <laughs> hey, man. Uh, look, man, the opportunity came for me to cover a team and, and move up from my previous job at The Athletic, and uh, the opportunity came for me to work in Calgary. And you know what? I get the weather's not that ideal right now. It's the <laughs> second time I've experienced uh, winter in October, but honestly, the city's really nice. It's a great time. It's a great place to be. Uh, I, I've got family that lives here. I've got some friends that live here too, and it's been really great uh, hanging out here, covering the team. I, I'm blessed, right? Like I could be 100%. anywhere in the world, but I'm here, man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm really thankful I have the opportunity. Hey, man, here. you're covering an like, NHL <laughs> team. It's it's an yeah. amazing opportunity. Yeah. I'm not trying to take away from any yeah. of that. I just we talked That's with our right, Blues right? insider like, earlier today, and he said it is so freaking cold right now. I just, I it, it is. When I saw that it's six degrees and it's late October, man, that is insane. I got to remember, you guys are on the Fahrenheit tip, right? So, yeah. like, you guys say six degrees. I would chill for six degrees. <laughs> so you guys keep saying six degrees. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, I know you guys mean six Fahrenheit. But, like, no, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, you see the uh, the snow on the ground. Like, I'm, I'm sure if you tally it up, I think it's probably been, like, 20 centimeters since the beginning oh of the week. And, like, I already got snow tires. I had snow tires on from like a week in advance. Like last year I was not up on it. I got ahead of the game. Do you just put snow tires on in like July and say, I got to be ready for September when it rolls around? My snow tires up until like June this year. So like you're not that far off. Hey, the way I always look at it, Julian, is it could be worse. You could be in Winnipeg, right? You know what? Let me not get myself in trouble with Winnipeg, smart. right? Let me Very not get smart. in trouble with Winnipeg, okay? You know what? Very well, smart. Well played by yes. you. All right, smart Julian, man. let's get into the hockey side of things because you had an awesome piece the other day over at The Athletic. We've been talking a lot about the zone defense trend around the league because it's something that caught on here in St. Louis. The Blues decided to go in this direction. As you were going through your conversations with people from around the league, you were starting to look into this a little bit. What did you find out? Why are so many teams ditching man-to-man and instead going to a zone? defense this year shout out to fluishin zawa who i worked with on this article what's funny is like he wanted this he had started the idea i noticed that the calgary flames were doing it and we both realized that we were working on it so i reached out to him i was like hey man let's try to come together with with what we have and 
uh, it turned out great. A lot of people have, have, have had a lot of positive feedback. And in talking to all the different players, a lot of it sort of ties back to the successes of teams that have come before them. And teams that have come up a lot are, are Tampa Bay and, and Vegas. Boston also comes up a bit too because they've gone from man-to-man to zone where just for whatever reason, it's just worked out for them. It seems like it's a good way to kind of neutralize some of the faster oncoming, stronger players that enter the offensive zone as opposed to having guys who will, you know, you have a one-on-one with like an Austin Matthews and you get beat. Who else is going to be there to protect you? There's a lot of guys who have mentioned having layers in defensive coverage as well. So if you have one guy who can beat you up the top, you have another guy in the lower defensive quadrant who can also come up and, 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 and play defense. Obviously, there's some growing pain seeing in Calgary right now. They're really adjust- they're trying their best to adjust to it. It has not worked out ideally. We're seeing a lot of holes in, in the slot. We're seeing a lot of holes right in front of the net, and they're still working at it. It's only a couple of games in. But the fact that it's worked out for Tampa Bay, I know they had a, z- they had a zone hybrid, but that's still zone. The fact that it worked for Vegas, the fact that it's worked for other teams before them, that's explaining why some some teams are are getting into it this year. You know, Julian, the part that we're suffering from in St. Louis, and it's so interesting because Calgary's suffering from it as well, is, you know, on, mm-hmm. on the zone defensive side, like the defense looks better than what it did last year for St. Louis, but they're not scoring goals. And you look at these last couple of games for Calgary, one goal scored, two goals scored, one goal scored. Like Calgary the offense seems to have disappeared with so many great offensive players. Is that a result of this zone defense? No, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, Calgary, with the coverage they had last year, they are actually one of the better defensive teams, actually, in terms of hmm. chances allowed and even goal. And like, it's kind of fascinating how they decided to make this switch, considering the defense was nowhere near the problem. I know people will look at the team and see that they underwhelmed, but Jacob Bartram and Dan Vladar did not have good years. But other than that, if they played league average, we're talking about one of the better defensive teams in the league. But Ryan Huska coming in, the new head coach, who was in charge of defense last year, felt that it was necessary to do some kind of subtle change, again, looking at teams that have been successful. And look, they need more time in order to adjust with that, but it is really fascinating to see that they've allowed as many goals that they have. But also, to answer your question, no, it's not the reason why they haven't been able to score goals. Goal scoring has been a problem for this team, even going back to last year. They had Tyler Toffoli on this team, who had a career year. He's since left for New Jersey. They get Jaeger Sharon Govich back, who... Is a fine player because they put they can put him up and down the lineup, but they have not sufficiently replaced his goal scoring output. And and it's one thing to not have game breakers, which this Flames team they have the talent they have, but it's not really clear if they have that elite game breaking talent that puts you over the top. But when you don't even really have a, a reliable goal scorer you can depend on, I know Andrew Majapani has scored thirty plus goals before, but he might maybe be more of a secondary scorer on on a really good team. And he could only score so much. Like I, I think just the fact that they're also adjusting to the offense as well. You guys in St. Louis remember Mark Savard in his time at the power play. He's in Calgary now, and, and he's trying to get those concepts in. He's trying to get those guys to play at a faster pace. It just hasn't happened yet with this team. And I think a lot of people are panicking because the cast is largely the same as last year, but there's some holes on, 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 on the offense in terms of goal scoring and with speed as well. I wouldn't put that on the defense. Julian McKenzie is our guest here on 101 ESPN. You could read his work over at The Athletic. Go to the NHL page and read his uh, piece that he did on the zone defense. It's, it's well worth your time. It, I think it helps to explain what the Blues are trying to accomplish this year and why so many mm-hmm. other teams, including Calgary, uh, decided to go that route. Uh, Julian, 
as I look at Calgary, I, I do feel like the vibes could be better there right now with this Flames team. And it's kind of been that way now for a couple of years where you have had uh, everything that's taken place post Kachuk, uh, post Goudreau, and they've been trying to make this thing work. They make the change, of course, in the front office, and now here we are. Lindholm and Hannafin seem to be the two guys that are kind of at the forefront with their free agency coming up soon. Julian, how how are the vibes with this team right now? How would you describe them? Uh, they're not great. <laughs> Which is funny because like about a month ago in training camp, the vibes were very good. They were very light. Uh, Daryl Sutter was the coach of this team. And look, I mean, he, he has the resume that he has, but he's a curmudgeon by, by all things considered. And because of that vibe, it was very hard to, when things got bad on this team, things got bad. And they needed to have a change ahead of that extension that he did sign. And they said, you know what? He wasn't the guy to change for, to take this team to the next level. And at training camp, you could tell that the mood was just lighter in terms of how players were carrying themselves and how they felt about themselves. And the fact that there were supposed to be changes offensively and defensively. And we're what, seven games in now. And this team has had lackluster performances off their longest road trip of the year. They, they don't play well at home uh, earlier this week against the New York Rangers. I mean, even Michael Backlund at the end of the last game is saying tonight's game against St. Louis is the most important game of the year. We're entering game eight with wow. this team. And it's already at that point where realizing that things are not clicking the way that they want to. I think Nikita Zadora had interesting comments earlier this week saying that there are, guys, there are guys playing like individuals on this team. Huberto has points, but it feels like patience has worn thin with him. Nelson Contry has one assist through this point of the season. It's, it's, like it's kind of funny because you talk to certain people in this market and they'll say like it's seven games and you shouldn't be panicking, but it's fascinating to see how some players on the team are reacting to this. And it feels like they're, they're panicking right now. And, and it's just kind of a weird feeling to have so early in the season. But also when you talk to fans, considering how disappointing last year was considering all those guys that have left and considering how some of these other teams have, rebuilt in the last few years. I think that loss against Detroit hurt a lot of people because that was a team that's been rebuilding for all these years. And it looks like that young talent is starting to emerge. They make a trade for Alex to break in the off season and those guys torch them in that game. I think that affected a lot of fans watching that game. There is a lot of people in Calgary right now screaming rebuild, but Good luck with all those contracts there. So, are Have you ever watched the Twilight Zone? Because I feel like I'm living it right now. <laughs> we went through everything you're describing this time last year. All of it. Every single bit of it. Dude, and we're still living UFAs, it. Bad vibes, weird comments, uh, GM coming out 10 games into the season Dude. saying, hey, this has got to get fixed or things are going to have to change. Like, yo, everything you're saying, we have gone through yeah, that. Julian, are you... Are are you sure there, there's not like a trade that could work for both sides between <laughs> these two teams? Because my God, they're similar. I, you know what? Look, I look Craig Conroy, as far as I'm concerned, I get the wait and see approach. He did in the off season with those pending UFAs. There's an alternate reality where the trade market opens up and maybe he parts with them to get pieces. But right now, the fact that he didn't do that much with this team, it's really not looking good with the way that this team has been playing to start off the year. It's on them to figure it out. But look, if it gets to a point where they're going to have to make a move, look, you're going to have to look at teams that have cap space and look upon your own cap space as well. It might be a situation where it could be a disappointing player for a disappointing player. So 
Look, maybe I'm gonna have to talk with uh, my man Jeremy Rutherford about doing do a plot with him about some, some trades to do with St. Louis. I don't know, but it is kind of wild to see that you guys have also endured this too. But you guys know what it's like to start off bad and then turn it around all of a sudden and win a Stanley Cup. So like it's I don't know. Like I don't know how to. I don't know how to feel about that situation. It could change. Uh, all joking aside, with that, Julian. I mean, like I, I look at two players on the Calgary Flames, two that are pending mm-hmm. unrestricted free agents, and Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin, and sit there and say, "Well, these are two guys that are unsure if they're sticking around in Calgary. These are two guys that do exactly what the Blues are lacking." If things go south for both of these teams. Do you see a scenario where maybe one or both of those guys could get traded and St. Louis comes calling? I, I look, I think if, if, if it makes sense, who knows, right? I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to radio myself and say, Hey, listen on these two guys. Yeah. But I think if this, this team is in a situation, the flames, I mean, if there's a situation where come trade deadline time, they're not in a playoff spot. It's beneficial for them to part ways with those guys and get assets. I think that's the wise thing to do. At this point, unless the team shows significant improvement over the next few weeks, you should probably hold off on extending those guys. There were reports surfacing from last weekend that things were progressing between Noah Hannafin and and the Calgary Flames in terms of a contract extension. And considering the timing of it, I think it would be wise for the team to kind of hold off on those conversations right now. Elias Lindholm, uh, he's come out and said, hey, I want to stay here but it's very clearly a money issue. I mean, I, 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 this is a guy who probably feels he's worth above $9 million. There are a lot of people who might bring pause to that, but if it was anything under that, we'd see that contract signed already. If you're Craig Conroy, you might have to continue waiting this out, and this is the risk that you basically have to run with considering how things went for you in the offseason. Wow. Julian, we'll get you out of here on this. And thanks so much for the time, by the way. I love, I, I don't want to radio myself as a verb there. It's That's fantastic. just tremendous. It's perfect. Genius. Um, with Noah Hannafin, <laughs> Can you describe describe his game for us and kind of tell us a little bit as somebody that's watched him certainly more often than us here in St. Louis. Tell us a little sure. bit about where he fits into like the criteria of what you would describe as a number one defenseman, second pair defenseman. Describe him a little bit for us. It, like I think for Noah Hannafin, he's a solid defenseman who could be used in any type of situation. And I think he for he would fit on anyone's top four. If you're in a situation where he needs to be your number one defenseman, I think it could work at a pinch. I mean, the Flames are literally having that right now because Rasmus Anderson is suspended through to the end of the weekend because of that hit he did last week. But he's a fine defense. He can move the puck. He can be used on a PP1, uh, can contribute on offense. He can can provide offensively. He can work out a bit defensively as well. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes in his game. He's a fine defenseman to have. I don't think he's someone who... If you're a contending team, you hang your hat on as a number one defenseman. But if you have him in your defense core as your second pairing guy, I think he's a, he's as solid as you can get. And at the fact that he's at what 27 now, him getting signed for like the next seven or eight years, I, I I I don't really see his game falling off that hard. But I also don't see I mean, as long as you don't overpay him, right? Like we we had projections on a on a story we did uh, about what we were hearing about a potential contract. And uh, hat tip to Shannon Goldman who was able to help out with this in evolving hockey. We're looking at a deal where imagine if he signs for seven years, maybe you try to get him just a shade under 6.5 mil. That's a pretty ideal situation in terms of money. You're not spending all that much for a guy who's going to play in the middle of your defense core. And if you need him to play top pairing minutes, he absolutely can. He's done so with Rasmus Anderson. But I, I think for any team that would want him, we, I know we've linked him to Buffalo in the past, Florida in the past as well. 
that's a guy that can immediately plug into their second pairing and he will just be solid in every situation you need him to be. Julian, this has been awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today, giving us a little bit of insight into what's going on with the Bad Vibe Calgary Flames. We appreciate the time, and enjoy the game tonight, my man. Uh, likewise to you both. Uh, if you ever want me on again, let me know.